stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you pre-recorded from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is Blue Heaven Podcast, and we are excited. And by we, I mean myself, who is RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. The other guy is Brooke. That is at BrookeMe3 on Twitter and Instagram. But we are excited to have... uh, He is a current Dodgers hitting coach. And uh, he's, he's been a friend of Dodgers Nation now for... For the last year or so, uh, j- joining us very shortly on the phone will be Mr. Brant Brown. But first, we got to talk to you about our friends at Arizona. We're talking about baseball. We're talking about spring training. We're talking about 10, 10, 10 there's what, 10, 10 stadiums out there? There's 15 teams. It's like perfect weather all the time in Arizona. So we're trying to get you to go to spring training, go to Arizona and, and do all the fun stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, all the stadiums are within one little area in the Phoenix area. You yeah. get to meet some of the players, get autographs before games. It's a much different experience than going to a major league game. You get to get like up close and personal yeah. with some of your biggest heroes in the sport. And, I mean, beyond baseball, beyond the sport, you get to go check out some pretty amazing restaurants. There's some nightlife bars, breweries. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite parts about spring training is that you're out there and the games are, you know, they start at, at whatever, 12, 1 o'clock or something like They start at 1, but... You go out there and, and you go to a ball game and then you, you go back to your hotel, or whatever, your Airbnb, you chill, you wash up, and then you go out and go ham. What, there's there's Four Peaks, there's there's Angel's Trumpet Ale House, there's all these really cool breweries, there's great restaurants. We have a lot of fun eating out in Arizona, of course. But uh, beyond that, there's incredible landscapes, as we like to say. There's Grandma, as we've all become very, very affectionately uh, uh, synonymous <laughs> Grandma in Arizona, but... It, it's cool, so bring your friends, bring bring grandma, bring your family, bring everybody to Arizona, and uh, you could plan, actually you can plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's uh, our friends over there at Arizona Board of Tourism. They uh, There's a lot of cool stuff on that website to help you out and, and get you ready for um, for baseball. Yeah. So we are joined on the phone by. Uh, well, I think every time we've talked to you, Brent, it's it, you've had a new official title with the team. So now you're officially hitting coach, if I'm not mistaken, not assistant, not hitting strategist, hitting coach, right? Yeah, we're we're moving on up like the Jeffersons. <laughs> there you go. So we're going to directly relate that to the fact that you're talking with Dodgers Nation every time, guys. Everybody on the team, you come to us, you get a promotion. I think that's the way that goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it goes. Yeah, each year. So like, I don't know what direction we'll be able to go next year after our talk. But... <laughs> well, Brad, I just want you to know that now that you are the official hitting coach, you will be blamed anytime the Dodgers don't perform offensively. So I hope you're ready for that because that falls directly on your shoulders, as you know. <laughs> well, I think, you know, Robert and I both share the duties. You know, like I mm-hmm. think we even said last year it was more of a Batman and Batman situation to where <laughs> – I, one, would expect, and two, have probably already received plenty of blame for for <laughs> bad games from our boys. Um, but that's okay. It's part of the job, right? Right, right. 
Yeah, so like we, before we got on the air here, we were already talking about it. You had mentioned, you know, longer off season than planned for, but but really, you know, how how's the winter treated you so far? Um, it's it's been fine, like a little little more quieter than we would like early, but then kind of once the dust settled, um, Robert, Aaron, and I, you know, we made efforts to one, um, like reach out to all of our players. We made some trips um, out to guys. Um, to help them identify some things that we felt would help them um, like improve uh, not only themselves, but obviously our offensive um, lineup um, one through nine or one through eight, depending on how you want to call it. And then um, kind of like looking back at things that we can improve on, on either how we game planned, how we like were able to cipher through data um, obviously like there's a lot of bandwidth that is taken up. So, you know, you're having to, you know, go, you know, you have 72 hours or if there's two night games and a day game, like you have less than 72 hours to get prepared for, you know, bullpen and starters. And then if you look at how much of the time, you know, time of the day you have to like go through that. And then like, once the guys start coming in and hitting, and then going through all of their routines, getting them prepared and confident for, you know, we'll call it a standard 7-10 start. And then as well, go, going through the hitters meeting generally and then our individual plans. Like there's just like there's a lot of bandwidth that's taken up. So, you know, we're trying to trying to make things easier on how like we create plans and create data or dig into data and what's important, what's not important to where we can, you know, make it a little bit easier on ourselves and spend you know more of the time you know with our players getting them prepared um each and every night yeah i mean for a hitter that's a i mean there's an unlimited wealth of of data that's out there that exists the more we move into the analytical side of baseball i think so i'm sure that's a lot of information for you to have to filter through say and smartly and nicely doing it without trash cans but we don't need to get into that (laughs) yeah Uh, brand i'm sure you know it's i'm sure it's been a good physical rest for the guys and in your opinion i mean at least trying to put a silver lining on the early playoff exit last year do you think that extra time off uh do you think those guys benefit benefit from that in the off season or do you think you know that's just another month it's not really much of a difference or is is it really helpful i mean i, I would say physically um you know I, I obviously there's probably some some mental um rest in there as well but physically it probably helps i mean realistically they've been in the playoffs each and every year you know depending how far they went and I don't think there's something that you know people understand is like when you take a beating and unlike any other sport you know we play every single day Mm -hmm. um so it's a little bit of a different animal when it comes to like taking care of yourself not only physically but mentally um and like the failure rate is like so much different than you know any other sport too you know it's like hey quarterback you have a 30% 30% completion rate, like you're really good. Yeah. You know, like really. that just doesn't happen. Or, you know, you, you make shots, you know, like 30% of the time, like you're really good. It's just completely different animal. And what we have to deal with as far as like success versus failure and like what is good versus what is bad. And then having to do it like each and every day without like any type of recovery. And then for us being on the West coast, you know, a lot of our off days are travel. So it's not like we're sleeping in and, you know, just relaxing by the pool, like we're having to wake up and fly out to the East Coast at, you know, 10 a.m. or whatever. But 
I, you know, it, I mean, pick your poison, boys. I mean, I think every one of our players and our coaches and everyone within our organization would rather go the distance and win 11 games right. mm-hmm. than to exit early and say they got a little bit of a rest. Yeah, no kidding. But, you know, those you guys do go hard from February <laughs> yeah. all the way to October, and, and a lot of those guys, even those extra months in between, save for a few uh you know, holiday dinners or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, we look at that and we say, you know, a lot of fans I think don't understand the physical grind that you guys have to go through every day. And you're talking about the, you know, the mental side of it, having Mm -hmm. to lose a game, you know, in extra innings and go till, you know, 1230 in the morning at a game on the East coast and then head back to the West coast and play, you know, a, a day game in the afternoon or whatever it is. So, yeah, I can see how it's a big grind, and and to us, you know, obviously, incredibly impressive. Yeah, I mean, we we take all that like into consideration. So, like, even starting with what we do in the off season, like trying, you know, because they go off and the first month is great, and then they start getting bored and they want to start doing things <laughs> where like we're trying to like delay, you know, like they're gonna have plenty of time to get like their swipes, right? Like more for off season, like start with their bodies, start with their brains, like get all that recovery, get all that downtime, like enjoy being bored for a while. And then even during spring training, you know, we set up a schedule that is depicted on like the games that we play and like the personnel that plays in those games. Like we give like days off, like we hit in the cage um, we don't do everything on the field all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we continue that throughout the season, which I think helped us this year, like definitely benefit us, like trying to stay a little bit more engaged where, you know, on those days where it's day night or we know coming up, you know, like we've got one heck of a like schedule coming up. Like we tried to give them vacations where we just said, listen, like beat it, like go watch a movie or wake up eat like then take a nap like don't get here till three like basically almost like treat it like a day game where they're going to show up they'll get ready and then they'll go out and play but it's at night you know just trying to give them those those spaces and those gaps where they can hopefully catch their breath you know recover a little bit because it's huge you know if you manage that correctly you know when you get into september and october yeah, absolutely. And kind of getting back a little bit, you know, you're talking about the the success rate just, you know, sort of in sports, but especially in baseball being, well, I guess sort of hit and miss, if you will. But um, yeah. as we as we focus on on one uh, one particularly, uh, particularly successful team, actually, you know, last January is when we talked uh, with you about, you know, the work Cody Bellinger had put in with a swing and everything kind of heading into the season. And uh, you had mentioned a few differences you, you all noticed between his, uh, you know, approach and his stance and everything, the timing between, you know, 17 and 18 and all that. And we see you know, you, you, you were speaking to uh, to us highly about the work he had done. We see that work paid off into uh, an incredible MVP season. So we always kind of look back at that conversation and be like, hell yeah, I mean, we, we had the insider scoop on that. So <laughs> just kind of want to get, uh, you know, some of the thoughts on the strides Cody made last season uh, in your eyes, especially early on. Yeah, I mean, the first two months, I mean, obviously he was the best hitter on the planet. Um, and you know, I think that it's something that we have to like understand. So like 
as much as you play and as many swings as you take, like there's no hitter that's probably played that's been able to like maintain the mm-hmm. same feel like throughout the course of a season. So I feel like it was really good for Cody to understand that he's going to lose feels and then how to recover those feels. Um, Cause he did go through like certain times, like after the first like couple months when he was still like at a 400 clip, which mm-hmm. wonderful. Did we think it was sustainable? Like we hoped it was, <laughs> but like seriously considering like we knew it'd be tough. Right. Um, but then like being able to assist him, you know, and to the points where we would have, you know, fun arguments. Like he was like, this feels great. Or like, that's not great. Like <laughs> you're doing it too much. You know, like, you know, like you, you, you know, like, you know, we try to give them like flexibility and freedom, but then also have them understand like points that can be breached and points that cannot be breached. Right. Like, so like you have the freedom to do this as long as you don't do that. Or, you know, as long as you like get in this position, like you can get there however you want, you know, it's so, like, we just, try to guide them and try to be, you know, obviously objective and open because we understand that they, they are the ones having to go out there and compete. Like we are not like we are rooting for them. Like we try to set them up to help, but realistically, like they're the ones who have to go and do it. So like their feels, their confidence, their mindset is more important than ours. Um, We are just an assistance, you know, like more of, you know, uh, a, well, yeah, you can't go out know, like, there and, and churn, you know, one right. cookie cutter swing for every single player. Everybody's going to have different right. field, different stance, different approach, different height, strength, whatever it is. And, and you know, luckily, at least you found something that worked really, really, really well for Cody in that first half. Um, at, at the very least, I mean, obviously, you look at the the weight, the gravity of his whole season, even the second half was the number. What I think he had a 917 OPS. I mean, the dude was still on fire. It's just maybe the average was down to a little bit more of what he might hit. You know, we still don't know. This is now year four. Maybe we're going to find out. Is Cody a true 300 hitter? Is he more of a 270 guy with, with 40 bomb doggies or something like that, as I call him around here, apparently? But, um, you know, I, I know one of the, the things a lot of people do wonder, and, and if we can get a hitting coach on the phone, we might as well ask him, you know, what what is, what do you think happened more in the second half of 2019 for Cody? Was it was it a little bit of maybe being more tired, or is it more of, a, you know, just, just little things not clicking exactly the same way? Uh, I mean, in, in 19, I just, I don't think, we had all the available resources that we did in 20. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we were able to kind of get ahead of the chess game and maybe see a couple moves, you know, that we thought were coming prior to the moves that were coming. And we were kind of able to like set up our board and, and move pieces to, to block those moves. Or if there were, you know, like, if they were starting to attack them in certain ways, like we would start prepping them how to hit, you know, in, in those, you know, like certain areas and, you know, to, to give credit to him. And I think that's something that, you know, is going to be very important is, you know, him being able to make adjustments and learn from those adjustments because that kind of education will like help him be a better player, like throughout his career. I mean, obviously all hitters, if you know how to come back, from defeat like you will obviously obtain victory so I think that's kind of more of the stuff that Robert and I were able to do is kind of you know obviously both of us coming from the private sector you know of hitting to where 
that's really all we did all day was like manage mechanics and talk about like, you know, what is really valuable and efficient for every hitter, you know, and not cookie cut and allow like the hitter to be, you know, himself and unique, but at the same time, like allowing him to visualize and side by side, you know, of different players that all get into these positions and do certain things. And that's where obviously like they have the luxury of being, you know, free and having, you know, like their own will of what they want to do. And then we discuss the, you know, like what they want to do with that. And then obviously putting them in positions that are more athletic, allow them to keep their barrel on playing for the longest amount possible, um, allow them to be good when they're bad, because that's really kind of what it comes down to is how good your misses are. Yeah. Cause like if you molly whop a ball, it's going to go, these guys are big and strong and the ball's coming very fast. Right. So that's not what we have to worry about. Like yeah. it's, it's when you're not good is like, how good are you? Mm-hmm. Because that's how you survive. You know, that's how you survive, you know, the, the big roller coasters and you kind of like are, you know, able to kind of like level out that playing field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, all about the peaks and valleys and how to overcome yeah. those throughout a season. Because, like you said, it's a long season compared to other sports. And, and literally, got to, you know, if you go 0 for 5 with five strikeouts the night before, mentally, you really got to turn it around the next day to get it going again. So I think yeah, that's how could, baseball players be, are different. We could be more like the Midwest, right? Just like <laughs> yeah, you know, no kidding. Yeah, be like uh, uh, Brant, you know, looking, looking back at 2019 versus 2018 for Cody, you see. Uh, obviously he played, you know, in 2018, he played a lot of first base and a lot of outfield pretty much split the time evenly mm-hmm. between the two. Do you think that change in 2019 to almost strictly outfield, you know, save a, save a couple 40 games ish at the first mm-hmm. base. Do you think that consistency and knowing where he's going to play every day helped out in his offense? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I did both to, um, you know, Cody is really good at either position, you know, I think Cody could win a gold glove at either position, but I do think there is something to be said about, you know, being in one spot. I mean, I know if I would have played first base more, which was, I was more comfortable at, like it probably would have helped me. So, you know, I, I, I would say that like probably correct. I mean, I don't, you know, he, He's more of a free spirit. I don't know how much of that stuff actually affects him, which is probably what makes him like a good player. Um, he doesn't like overthink a lot of stuff when it comes to that, but I know that he was comfortable. He did want to play more of the outfield. He played more of the outfield, you know, when we did need him to play first, you know, more towards the stretch, you know, he was totally like on board and willing, um, which kind of goes a little bit more to his character and, you know, what he values, you know, winning, winning baseball games, obviously, right. you know, yeah. like they want to have results, like they want to make money. Uh, but realistically, like the definition is the same. Like if they have results and make money, like we win games, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like it's, it's kind of all like the same thing. It's just like, you know, just said differently, you know, the terminology is different. So, you know, I, I do think there was probably something to do with it. Like I, we wouldn't know unless like we had an experiment where we played first base all year. Like, we right. wouldn't know that. But, uh, you know, I, speaking from like my own, you know, experiences and then obviously like if you just look at the numbers, you know, 
if he plays better and more in one spot, obviously, like it's an indication maybe that that is, you know, correct. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously it's been a fairly con- fairly busy offseason for yeah. Cody. He's had to add a lot of hardware to his uh, trophy case uh, this, this <laughs> and, offseason. And frequent flyer miles. And I would frequent imagine. flyer miles. So obviously he's been very busy. How much work have you guys gotten in in this offseason so far? Um, he, You know, he's he's been pretty stable, whether it's, you know, here in Arizona, which we've done more of. Right. Um, or in L.A., which he's I think he's done a couple times. Um, you know, even though he had to go to New York, like he literally hit on Wednesday before he had to fly out and then he went to New York and then I think he was in LA doing some promo stuff cause he wasn't able to go to fan fest, but he's hitting tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's, uh, you know, I think now I, I do think he'll be like a little bit more focused. I mean, he hasn't had to do as much like revamping this off season than, he did last off season. Um, you know, our more of our teaching points this off season is what makes him successful and what doesn't to where last off season, it was like, if you can do this, it will make you successful. Mm-hmm. So like now that he's kind of gone through a year of like, you know, doing it, not doing it, doing it, like doing it a little, doing it a lot, not doing it at all. Like we're able now to like, you know, obviously bring in video and show him like the goods, the bads, the uglies, which there wasn't like a ton of uglies. There wasn't really a ton of bads, but there was some, but like being able to show him examples, like this, you're really good. So like, what is this? Learn about this, understand this and repeat this. So that's kind of really been our big teaching points is hasn't really been a lot. You know, he stayed with the same routine all year. He's continued with the same routine, like that routine that he does and the drill set that he does, like seems to put him in the right place. And then obviously if we see things like kind of unraveling as we get ahead of it and we get ahead of it with all of our hitters, like if we see him like a couple nights in a row and we just, you know, there's a difference between like the swing looking right and like hitting it hard at somebody and then just like the swing looking wrong. And we know like something's off, timing's off, you know, swing decisions are off. Like, we'll try to get ahead of it and bring him in early, like, during the season and give him, like, a nice session um, with a little bit more one-on-one attention. But with Belly, um, I think, like I said, most of our, like, direction and key points have been, like, just continue. Like, if you can do this and then understand when, like, you're getting away from it to, like, you know, actually just kind of, like, get yourself back, you know, like, when they can become – you know, a little bit more of their own teacher as well and recognize and understand the differences like it really helps. Yeah, and, and I'm sure it's going to be a little bit different too in that, that clubhouse. I mean, I don't know how much, say, a veteran like like Chase might have helped or, or Freezer might have helped, but I'm sure there's little things where, I would imagine, especially with Chase, little things where they might have helped out, uh, you know, a younger player like Cody and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm sure, I, I, I guess now this season, what, JT's the old buck now in the clubhouse. So <laughs> I'm imagining he's sort of going to be the guy people are, are turning to a little bit for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we, we really do have a pretty good group and, you know, we try to establish like an environment where we can be really open and have good discussions and, you know, people can bring up things and like just try not to get like emotional about, you know, words like everyone's <laughs> like just talking about things to make everyone better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to get to a point where, 
you know, everyone can do that. And we can just like, you know, however you talk to everyone else, we should be able to talk, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess like, you know, obviously like JT is, uh, you know, you know, probably our most experienced veteran and, you know, has really good baseball IQ. Um, but we really pull from everyone, whether it be from Robert and myself and Aaron, or whether it be like, you know, I mean, I know like even, you know, Gavin Lux is young, but he has a really good baseball IQ. He's super savvy. You know, Max Muncie, you know, really studies and has created, you know, like this stuff that's a really good player <laughs> now. You know, like Kike is, you know, when he speaks, like there's really smart stuff that comes out of his mouth. Like he's like he kind of sees a lot, you know, he doesn't really say a lot all the time but yeah like when he says stuff like it's really true um, uh, so i think just like the more that we can get guys to talk um the better it'll be and the more comfortable it'll be and like we can kind of really get to an environment where like it, it is really you know like a full unit going out there um but uh obviously having chase you know and david was really valuable at the time and i hope that some of our guys that were you know, obviously there when those two were, you know, still playing with us can like take some of the stuff that they did and how they operated and bring it to life to the younger players that we have like coming up and that will be helping us win baseball games. Yeah, I, I got to say that that the way you explained Kike there, like I that was I, I see it because you, you when you do hear him talk or you hear him say things, even like, you know, them reluctantly uh, sort of having to speak on this this Astro scandal and all that. Like, you know, Kiki doesn't want to talk about it, but he still finds a way to to articulate it in, in the most Kike sort of way. And and it's like, wow, that was like a really smart way of putting it. And, you know, sometimes it's the way he's <laughs> will say, you know, a goofball to be playful about it. You know, you like, eh, yeah. you don't really expect that out of him. But no, I, I, I definitely see that that uh, the other side of what you're saying there, too. This is definitely sort of going to be that. Yeah, a growth season, I think, for uh, we'll call them some of the kids, some of the younger guys, you know, maybe Seeger steps up and, and finds his more vocal role, uh, you know, now that they they kind of see the opportunity. It's like, hey, we we don't have that voice. Maybe we need to be that voice for somebody like, a you know, a Beatty, a Lux or maybe a Kbert Ruiz coming up at some point uh, this season or whatever it may be. So, I mean, that's pretty cool just to to think about the, the sort of changing of the guard you know, seven straight division titles and all that, but it's, it never stops for, you know, um, I don't know what is, what's the word metamorphosizing. Everything changes in that clubhouse. And, <laughs> right, and yeah. it's just really cool to see, uh, you know, every step of the ways we do that. Today's show is sponsored by the athletic, a subscription based sports news site for real fans. We're talking real, real fans guys through in-depth coverage from local writers on every team. Plus national writers. You already know, like Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, Jim Bowden, the Athletic is setting a new standard for sports news, and the bar is high. And there are no ads, there's, there's no pop-ups, no clickbait, just quality, in-depth content that tells the story behind the story. Get exclusive player profiles, deep dives on analytics, team power rankings, and fantasy sports insights that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, each subscriber gets a personalized feed of their own stories. You can set it up exactly how you want. There are live writer Q&As, which are, are fire here in the LA area. They're so so much more there so download that athletic app 
pick your favorite teams, and The Athletic will begin surfacing all the latest on the players and storylines that matter to you. Ready to get started? Get 40% off oh. your annual subscription to theathletic.com slash overtime. That's athletic.com slash overtime, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. One of the things that I did want to bring up, so... We know you live in Arizona, so obviously you, you do spend a lot of time at Camelback, like you've like you've mentioned. Uh, let's say any given week. I mean, you know what what is your your regular week out there like? You know, in terms of of players coming in and and uh, you know what are some of the names that you see pretty regularly out there? Well, we we call them like the Desert Rats. So you have <laughs> Belly and AJ Pollock. And Kike, you know, once we signed Rocky Gale, he's been out. Um, we got Caber out here from Venezuela earlier, so he's been out there every day. Um, that's kind of been more of our stable group. And then, obviously, you know, they have minor league camps mm-hmm. kind of running um, through there consistently. And then if, you know, if we're helping guys with their swing, like we either fly them to here to Arizona or we fly them to L.A., depending on – where Robert and myself, and sometimes we do both. Like they hit here in Arizona f- for a few days, they go back home and then they fly to LA and they hit with Robert for a few days. So like we really try to like ha- have like the availability, you know, it's usually like 11 to one thirty mm-hmm. um, that we try to hit. And, you know, we try to, to make it a little bit more randomized. So, you know, you know, whether it's velo or spin or arm on the field or velo on the field, obviously, like as we're starting to get closer, like we try to pick up, you know, trying to trying to stress their swings out, you know, like we've worked on things, you know, at more of a controlled environment pace um, until this point, but now like pre spring training, pre games, like, we're trying to like stress them out to see if like the memory, you know, which is really in the brain, but we call it muscle memory, like see if, you know, they're able to do things like they practice in a controlled environment in a stressful environment and like making sure that the things that they work on, like their swings, not breaking down. Like sometimes we're not even too concerned of like where the ball is going. Like we're just really concerned about the swing, not breaking down. Cause if they can, create consistent patterns you know their probabilities of success obviously increase mm-hmm. yeah brent you talk about those uh those desert rats as you as you so <laughs> yeah, affectionately yeah. call them uh and that's like no offense to anyone it's just like <laughs> a little you know saying that we have and, you know, obviously i'm out here and yeah. then our assistant aaron bates is out here so like we have a pretty good squad that you know, meets and hits. And you have a nice field to practice at too. A nice complex. Yeah, so that gorgeous, does not hurt. Right? That works out well, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> uh, of those guys you got coming out and you're working with pretty consistently, and, you know, one name that you said that we around here at the office have been excited about for a long time and we've been patiently awaiting his arrival is, you know, Keeper Ruiz. So what have you seen from him so far? I know he's a young kid. You've got to watch him develop a lot since you've been there a while now. Uh, what have you seen from him? How excited are you for this guy? Um, obviously like we're, we're pretty excited. I mean, his, you know, his all, you know, he, he's, he has a very high contact rate, you know, kind of the thing that we're working on now, um, is trying to generate, you know, a little bit of, you know, damage 
into the contact rate. Like contact rate is great, but like there's sometimes where swinging and missing is actually beneficial (laughs) Um, (laughs) to where like, you know, you're missing a pitch and then being able to like hit another pitch better. Right. Cause like, you know, just like putting a ball in play sometimes. I mean, I know, you know, there are times when we need to move it forward. Like Mm -hmm. there's times when we will tell them like, just touch it. Like literally, seriously, like just touch the ball, like move it forward. It'll go in a good spot. But then there's also times, you know, like for K-Bear where he needs to understand, you know, like getting himself in better positions and like understanding the course of actions of, you know, both sides, you know, and that's something that we have to take in consideration, you know, throws right and then is a switch hitter. So, you know, working right, working left. So like we, we just, we just flip flop. Like we don't do both in one day. Mm -hmm. Like one day he hits left. One day he hits right. I think the fun part right now is like Kike has been instrumental in like making sure that the language barrier is not, you know, like he's fully understanding everything. And that really helps because sometimes, you know, obviously if you've been to a foreign country, like they say something and like you understand a little bit of it and Mm -hmm. you just kind of go with it, you know, (laughs) and like that's not what we want with hitting. And so like, it's really helpful to have Kike out there and being able to talk a little bit more Spanish than I can talk. (laughs) Um, You know, like I, I can talk like Spanglish and I can get through, you know, I I can order food and I can take a taxi (laughs) which is nice. But like when it comes to hitting, I don't know like all the words. So Kike has been really good and kind of working on things that he needs to improve on, like in his player plan, that's going to make him a better player, you know, for us at the big league level um, is very, very important. And he's been all in and he's actually had a little bit of fun, like over exaggerating and then looking at it on film and going, okay, like, that's not even close to what I pictured myself looking like, <laughs> you know, um, which is really good. So like we've been, you know, out there with him for two weeks now and uh, it's, it's been interesting to, to watch him and we're trying to get him fully integrated because, you know, he's been in camp before, but not necessarily kind of like this. So I think it's not only good for him, you know, physically and and for like his swing and getting ready for spring training but also socially you know mm-hmm. like being with an mvp and someone as experienced as kike and aj and has like the kind of you know i don't know maturity uh you know hitters iq like in the way they talk about stuff and like the way they think about stuff the way they feel stuff and like to have conversations like outside of the cage while someone else is hitting, like it's really important for his development. And especially before the, uh, what is it? I think there's right now 61 players scheduled to show up uh, by the 18th in that, that clubhouse. So it starts to get a little bit more intimidating for somebody who's won a rookie, hasn't touched you know a big league field, and doesn't really know the language. Yeah, this would be the best time for him to, to get that kind of work in and you know build that relationship with somebody like Kike. So, that, I mean, that's yeah, really it's... cool. Yeah, it's definitely like a little bit of a stepping stone. And obviously it's going to be a helpful tool, you know, to establish, you know, like some of those parameters prior um, to the rest of the boys, you know, filling out the lockers. For sure. All right. We got rapid fire questions and then we're going to let you go. We know this is you're probably like, man, how long do these guys want me? (laughs) My favorite. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Belly has another 40 plus home run season. Yes or no? True. All right. Who's your rookie to watch in 2020? 
On our team? Yeah. Or, hey, you know, let's go with one let's of all, each. There you go. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> you were specific. Um, oh, I mean, I'm having I'm having a toss-up between Lux and Smith. Seems reasonable. That's good. That's a good toss-up. Yeah, yeah, you can't really go wrong with those, so we'll give him a point on those. Cantamayeta picks up his second career home run this season, yes or no? <laughs> True. Ooh, I like it. Yes, I can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, JT falls out of bed and hits over 310 this year, yes or no? Of course. There it is. <laughs> All right, who's your breakout candidate for 2020? Um, break at it. It can be anyone, like, established. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody maybe just had something of a down year, anybody like that. They don't need – they could be a very, very established, you know, veteran player. Um, <clears throat> I think everyone will be happy with A.J. Pollock's production. Mm-hmm. That's what we want um, to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think Seager having an off season where he's not limping or his arm doesn't hurt is going to be beneficial for everyone. What? That's going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, you clearly <laughs> only know hitting. You don't know anything about medical. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brant, last question for you. There have been a lot of trades, a lot of moves, and a lot of rumors in the NL West. The Diamondbacks have made some pretty good moves. The Padres are going to be a pretty good team. So who finishes second in the National <laughs> League West? Hmm. Does, if I said I don't care, does that <laughs> That's the perfect answer. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Yeah, we got to check. The judges say that totally works. All right. He wins the game. I don't know what you win, but we don't we don't have any prizes to send you. But we do appreciate you, uh, you know, spending some time with us, kind of getting us, you know, I mean – when anytime you could talk hitting, you talk Bellinger again. We're we're doing this, and it's, I mean, so so much of this off season has been like, oh, we're gonna go get these people, or oh, Astros this or that. No, we're talking about twenty twenty baseball, and and that's exciting. That is very exciting. So thank you for taking the time with us, Coach Brant Brown of the Los Angeles Dodgers. You want anybody to follow you anywhere, or are you good? Just follow you at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. You can All find right. him in Arizona. As yeah, a find him in right Arizona. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. We'll we'll talk to you again sometime in the future. Thanks, guys. All, All right. right. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And that was our friend, Brant Brown. Thank you again to Brant for joining us on the show today. Um, subscribe to our podcast. We are the Blue Heaven Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Player FM. Oh, so many more. We go live. We live stream every Tuesday, although that's probably changing once the season comes up. But we do live stream. Go to YouTube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Go ahead and subscribe there. We'd really, really appreciate that. And of course, check out DodgersNation.com for all the latest and greatest when it comes to your Los Angeles Dodgers. For Brooke, I am real FRG. Clint, whatever that guy's Brooke me through. You guys get it. You guys get it. We'll, we'll see you next time. Bye!